They Sacrificed Unto Devils by Jeremiah Ridley Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. From Acts chapter 17, verse 16. When our pilgrim forefathers landed at Plymouth, they brought Christ's church with them. At that moment, it was little more than a speck of luminescence whose rays pierced the darkness of a still savage continent. This light grew along with the growth of the numbers of the children of Israel in the New World. These European peoples were the branch of God's own planting, from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21, and became the great United States of America, fulfilling the destiny God promised to the patriarch Abraham. This little colony became a prosperous republic, and her arm was made strong by the arm of the Almighty. Thus, our great nation became the most powerful and prosperous among all the great nations of Israel, a veritable Everest among mountains. With this great prestige and wealth came an equally remarkable fall from glory. America turned from the Lord and began to trust in her wealth and affluence instead. Pretty soon, her eyes had turned almost completely away from her covenantal God. She fell into an ancient pattern and began to play the harlot like the Israelites of old from whom she had descended. God's hand was forced. He had to begin to discipline and punish his wayward people, with the consequences becoming more and more severe with each new outrage that America committed. All that Jehovah Elohim desires of his people is repentance and obedience to his law, commandments, statutes, and judgments. He wants a heart that is turned toward him. This American apostasy has not abated for at least a century. The outrages become more depraved and blasphemous with each passing day. As a consequence, God has given his people in America over to their lusts, while removing his hedge of protection from around them. As a result, the enemies of God, from Genesis 3.15 and John chapter 8, verse 44, have flooded into our homeland, bringing with them various locusts, cankerworms, and palmer worms, as said in Joel chapter 1, verse 4. The very wealth and posterity of our nation are being devoured out from under us while we are left to weep and to foot the bill. One of the most obvious signs of the overall apostasy of our nation is the open and flagrant idolatry overspreading in our land. Buddhists, Hindus, and various other heathen have erected their temples of blasphemy in just about every city in the country. Within these high places, Devotees worship and prostrate themselves before golden statues of men, monkeys, beasts, and serpents. To our everlasting shame, our people not only allow, but even join in the idolatrous practices of these strangers. It's not just the paganism of the invaders with which we must contend. To the great abasement of our ancestors, there are pleasant, plenty of heathen practices associated with our own European roots. Asatru, or the worship of the Norse pantheon, is making a comeback, as is Hellenism, or the worship of the Greek pantheon. 
these sleeping gods are making the voyage from Europe to America in order to, once again, deceive the children of Israel. They are not alone in seeking to sift from among God's people. There are also various New Age groups, such as UFO cults and worship of ascended masters. These groups often blend Christian ideas into their beliefs, while also denying the divinity of our risen Savior. He is nothing more than a great teacher among others, like Buddha, Krishna, and Saint Germain. Utter blasphemy against God. Something that all of these false religions have in common is the worship of a multitude of gods, goddesses, spirits, guardians, and demigods. Each one has a particular rites associated with their veneration and particular blessings bestowed upon their adherents. Being more than just figments of the pagan imagination, there is a reality to the beings being worshipped. The Bible tells us directly that the gods of the heathen are not delusions, but are very real beings. Demons. From 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20 and 21. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. And from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 16 and 17. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. The origins of the demons, or unclean spirits, mentioned by Paul and Moses, are to be found in the ancient antediluvian past. A portion of the angels of God lusted after and coupled with human women. Their resultant offspring were giants, or Nephilim, who were worshipped as gods in life. After the deaths of the Nephilim, their spirits were unable to move into heaven or hell and were stuck on earth. Here, they became known as demons, continuing to covet the worship of humans and possessing their bodies when the opportunity presents itself. The following scripture and commentary give us an understanding of what the Bible teaches and the early Hebrew writers believed about the fall of angels and the origin of demons. From Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Flavius Josephus, The Antiquity of the Jews, Chapter 3 For many angels of God accompanied with women, and begat sons that proved unjust, and despisers of all that was good, on account of the confidence they had in their own strength. 
For the tradition is that these men did what resembled the acts of those whom the Grecians called giants. From Justin Martyr, the second apology, chapter 5. But the angels transgressed this appointment and were captivated by love of women and begat children who are those that are called demons. And besides, they afterwards subdued the human race to themselves, partly by magical writings and partly by fears and the punishments they occasioned, and partly by teaching them to offer sacrifices and incense and libations of which things they stood in need after they were enslaved by lustful passions. And among men they sowed murders, wars, adulteries, intemperate deeds, and all wickedness, whence all the poets and mythologists, not knowing that it was the angels and those demons who had been begotten by them that did these things to men and women in cities and nations, which they related, ascribed them to God himself. And to those who were accounted to be his very offspring, and to the offspring of those who were called his brothers, Neptune and Pluto, and to the children again of these their offspring. For whatever name each of the angels had given to himself and his children, by that name they called them. From Commodianus, Instructions, Chapter 3. When Almighty God, to beautify the nature of the world, willed that the earth should be visited by angels, when they were sent down, they despised his laws. Such was the beauty of women, that it turned them aside, so that, being contaminated, they could not return to heaven. Rebels from God, they uttered words against him. Then the highest uttered his judgment against them. And from their seed, giants are said to have been born. By them, arts were made known in the earth, and they taught the dying of wool and everything which is done. And to them, when they died, men erected images. But the Almighty, because they were of an evil seed, did not approve that, when dead, they should be brought back from death. Whence wandering, they now subvert many bodies. And it is such as these especially, that ye this day worship and pray to as gods. From Enoch chapter 15, verses 8 through 16. And now, the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies, because they are born from men, and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth, and evil spirits shall they be called. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth which were born upon the earth, on the earth shall be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth, and cause trouble. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst, and cause offenses. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men, and against the women, because they have proceeded from them. From the days of the slaughter, and destruction, and death of the giants, from the soul of whose flesh the spirits, having gone forth, shall destroy, without incurring judgment, thus shall they destroy until the day of the consummation, the great judgment in which the age shall be consummated. It should be clear to the diligent Bible student that a segment of angels committed a great sin against their creator by impregnating human women 
with biological monstrosities. The resulting bastard race demanded worship from the humans of the pre-flood world, and they received it. The gods and heroes of the false religions of the world were the giants of Genesis 6. Many of the gods of various mythologies, Zeus, Saturn, Perseus, Gilgamesh, Baal, Asherath, Moloch, and Loki, were of the blasphemous race of the giants. They created the false religions and taught men forbidden knowledge. The pagan Greeks and Romans remembered this time as the golden age of great heroes. The Dharmic religions of India recall the Satya Yuga, the golden age, and the heathen Norse referred to a distance Glauder or golden age. It is important to remember that all of these non-Christian religious systems have an infinitely cyclical conception of time and history. The great golden age of the distant, half-remembered past, will be repeated at some point in the future. In other words, they believe that the gods and demigods will return to dwell among men. When the giants, or Nephilim, died, their spirits had no place to return. Their angelic fathers were bound in Tartarus, and heaven had no place for them. The spirits of the giants are condemned to wander the earth until they're ultimately cast into the lake of fire at the end. Despite this fate, the unclean spirits of the Nephilim, who are often called demons, continue to seek worship and incarnation in the body of men. The pagan and antichrist religions of the earth are the very creation of the demons who seek to subjugate and demoralize and degradate and damn mankind along with themselves for eternity. The only true god of the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, Germanic, Scandinavian, and kindred peoples is Jesus Christ. All other gods are nothing more than demons who seek to deceive God's people into sharing the torments of eternal hellfire with them. That is their ultimate destination, and they do not wish to be there alone. Do not be deceived into trafficking with or worshiping this bastard brood and joining them in everlasting torment. Do not be deceived into worshiping demons who promise all manner of rewards in this life. It is in the matchless name of Christ alone that our personal as well as national salvation is to be found. It is time for Israel to exercise dominion on behalf of Jesus Christ and reclaim her birthright promised in perpetuity by God himself. Only in doing so will the Lord God purge the leaven from our land. America, repent. <laughs>